0: Greetings everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. We're going to continue our conversation on selecting a relationship, polygamy or monogamy. Today we're going to continue it with arranged marriages. Many women enter into polygamous relationship as part of an arranged marriage. The union is not based on a romantic relationship, but on economics, political, or social reasons. Usually the marriage is arranged by parents, a family member, or a matchmaker. These marriages are usually called blind weddings because the couple do not know each other and meet only on their wedding day. These type of arrangements were negotiated by parents or family members. Arranged marriages were the norm in many countries before the 18th century they were very common in areas such as south asia to include india middle east europe russia and africa a woman was not allowed to decline or refuse an arranged marriage she could not seek a divorce separation or have an affair this would be considered a disgrace or dishonor to her entire family This public shame would negatively affect her family and prevent them from becoming married. The male family members are given permission to kill the woman to protect or restore the family's reputation or honor. This is called honor killing and it is done in public. Let's go ahead on and just stop here and think about it. A woman and... Those cultures that permit honor killing, if a woman commits any act that is considered to be a disgrace to the family, that's going to ruin or damage the family's reputation and good standing in the community, the male family members are given the permission to kill her. Now, this is serious. When your brother and your father or your male cousins, your grandfather can kill you because you are considered dishonored because of a act. And in this case, it's because you don't want to get married to this person or you want to divorce. You want to get out. And if a person is trying to divorce or separate or stop from entering into a marriage, it's because something is wrong they feel in their spirit something is wrong if they don't know this person, or they've been with this person and they're suffering, whether they're a victim of domestic violence, they're a victim of rape, they're a victim of sexism, and you know they're in a situation where they're being a servant, maid, and they're not being treated with respect. But obviously, with that type of mindset, the family members are not thinking about the well-being of the woman. They just want to guard and protect their honor They want to follow tradition, okay? This may not happen often, but it does happen. And not just in the so-called Middle East in Northern Africa or Asia, it also happens in the United States. People bring their culture with them no matter where they go. So if they migrate to another continent, another country, another city, they bring their culture. So that culture is still being practiced here in the United States. There have been many incidents of honor killing where a woman or a girl was killed because she refused to marry somebody. Okay, maybe she wore a clothing that was disgraceful. Maybe she didn't wear her veil to cover her face and that's considered to be disgraceful. Maybe she was wearing a type of clothing, a pants or a skirt that was too short. I mean, something that's very trivial, something that's not that serious to the point where it warrants taking somebody's life, but it happens. Let's go ahead on and discuss the different categories of arranged marriages. Self-selected marriages. The couple choose each other and the parents can approve or disapprove, okay? They choose and sometimes they choose to marry people at a very young age. Two people can choose each other. Well, I'm going to marry you when I get of age. They could be 10 years old and they can choose to marry each other. So when they get of age, then they can marry. It's not because of love. It's not because of romance. It's not because of passion. Because they choose each other as potential mates. So again, a lot of people don't go into marriages because of love, passion, or romance. They do it for practical reasons. And we'll discuss more of that later. The next type of arranged marriage is a forced marriage. Parents are the ones who are choosing. They're the ones who are choosing the mates without consulting the bride or the groom and can they cannot refuse the marriage. This is called a forced marriage. This is where you get some of the honor killing because a lot of people are being forced to get married and they have not approved of that person. Maybe they have somebody else in mind. They want to self-select their mate, but they're not given the option because their parents want them to marry into a family, maybe for financial reasons, for political reasons, for social reasons, for maybe, you know, um, superficial reasons. Maybe they think they'll make great couple, or they they look good together, you know, for whatever reason. The individuals are not given an option. For someone who doesn't live in that culture, it's kind of hard to imagine being forced to pair up, to make with somebody, to marry. We're not talking about going on a date. We're talking about marriage. This is official. You're going to live in a house with somebody. You're going to have sex with them you're going to be their companion you're going to be around them all the time can you imagine being forced to be with someone that you don't find physically attractive someone that you don't like their personality someone that you have no type of chemistry with forced marriages are considered to be a human right issue that no human being should be forced to mate forced to be with someone that they don't like I can respect arranged marriages as a custom, as a tradition of a society. I mean, we can respect that. That, you know, mates will be chosen for people. That people are not going to get together because of love, sex, or passion. They're going to get together for practical reasons. We can respect that. There's nothing wrong with that concept of an arranged marriage. But when you're forcing someone... You can select someone, but they can say, no, I don't like this person. I don't feel them. I'm not connected to them. And the person have the right to say no. But in a forced marriage, you have no rights. And if you say no, they can kill you as a woman because you're disgracing the family. And if you do get into the marriage and you want out, you want to divorce or you want to separate, or you don't want to have children for this person, they can kill you. This is a crime against humanity. So honor killing is a violation of human rights because you're killing somebody because you want them to do something and they don't want to do it. So honor killing, forced marriages is definitely a human right issue. It is the worst violation that can happen to a human being because forced marriages include many other oppression and violence and brutality. We'll talk about that later. Autonomous marriages. Individuals choose their partners without consulting or advising their parents or guardian. This is an autonomous marriage, right? They choose. So it's really not really a type of arranged marriage because if you're choosing your own partner without advising your parents or a guardian, I mean, I don't see how that can be an arranged marriage you know but it can be an arranged marriage in the sense that you're arranging to get married but you're not doing it for love you're not doing it for companionship you're not doing it just to have someone in your life you're doing it for a specific purpose maybe you you choose each other because you can grow economically together okay you can have a political tie or connection there's many reasons that people enter into arranged marriages. It's, it's arrangement. It's, it's not, it could be arrangement for convenience, for reproduction. You know, we're going to get together and have a child because you look good. I look good. And we could have pretty babies. That's an arrangement. It's not something that happens automatically, naturally. This is something that we prearrange. We're choosing to be with each other, not because of love for other purposes. So we are arranging it. So it's It's self-arrangement. We're the ones making the arrangement. It's not anybody else. All right? So that's consensual marriages. Both partners consent to get married. Now, an arranged marriage can be consensual if the parents and the couple both agree. They both agree. The parents choose someone for their child and the child likes the person because the parent made a great selection. Now, unfortunately, there's forced child marriage of girls under the age of 12. Okay, parents try to marry their daughters to a good family to provide them with economic stability, social status, or protection. Arranged marriages for children are motivated by economic needs to provide For the daughters under conditions of poverty. So, a lot of parents who are in poverty, they're not able to provide for their daughters financially. They can't take care of them. They can't provide them with food, clothing, shelter, education. So, under the age of 12, now we're talking about a minor, we're talking about a baby. So, they Find older man. Usually, they're not going to marry their daughters to a 12-year-old or 15-year-old. Their daughter is going to marry an older man. Now, this is a form of pedophilia where you have an older adult marrying a minor, taking advantage sexually. Can you imagine a child, just to say the age of 10, marrying a man who is 30 years old? Let's just stop here and think about this this is pedophilia. This is sexual abuse. This is sexual exploitation. So this man is 30 years old and he's going to marry. And the marriage is nothing but a contract to say that he legally owns this child. And this child is his property that he can do whatever he wants. He can have sex with her. He can make her have sex with other people. He can have her cleaning up the house, cooking. Now, instead of this child at 10 years old being in school, learning, being a child outside playing with her peers, jump roping, you know, I mean, just playing sports, learning, reading, going to the playground, you know, just just getting to know herself as a child. She is being subjected to sexual acts. She is taking an adult role that she's not ready to fulfill. She's not ready biologically. She's not ready physiologically. Her body's not ready to be pregnant at 10 years old. Her body is not ready to have sexual intercourse with a grown man. Psychologically, she's not ready. Emotionally, she's not ready. This is a crime against humanity. This is is a crime. This is slavery. This child is being forced to do something against their will. Out of economic necessity, their parents are selling these children. Because usually, you know, they pay for them. They pay for them. Now, I just want the world to know this is a crime. You know, I mean, just go around and and, and look at, if you don't have a 10-year-old daughter, look at any 10-year-old child. Look, are they ready for marriage? Are they ready for childbirth? Are they ready to for taking adult roles and responsibility? Are they ready to run a household? No, they're not. So I, I think you know we need to definitely stop this practice, child marriage. This is, is you know I mean in in the twenty first century in twenty twenty one it's a crime. This should not be happening. This should not be happening. These parents are selling their children to the highest bidders, and a lot of people think that this is a cultural practice, but not all cultural practices are good. Not all cultural practices are in the interest of individuals in the culture. This is damaging to a child. This child's going to get pregnant at 11, 12. I mean, it's just unimaginable to, to just think of the suffering and the pain that these children go through. And a lot of people could justify it where they, they have a place to stay. They have food to eat. And they think that it's justified because this child was rescued from poverty. It's okay for a grown man to sexually take advantage of her because that's what a man is doing. A 10-year-old can't do nothing for no grown man. She's nothing but a sex slave. This is the highest form of pedophilia. This is legalized Pedophilia and it is a form of sexual perversion. Now let's continue. I, I just had to kind of emphasize on that because a lot of people tend to look at child marriages as if oh it's okay, it's the culture. Okay, if cannibalism is the culture, would it be socially acceptable? If rape was the culture, would it be sexually, would it be uh, you know socially acceptable? If slavery was the culture, would it be socially acceptable? If bestiology, having sex with animals, was the culture, would it be socially acceptable? So we have to start thinking about the things that the culture permit and to really see if it's morally right, if it's spiritually right, if it's practical. I mean, if it's something that's not harmful to individuals or the collective. Because what happened is that these children. They enter into these relationships with these grown men, they get traumatized. What type of children are they going to be raising when they're babies? How can you have babies raising babies? So the next generation is going to have some type of psychological problems as well. And they're going to think it's okay for their 10-year-old daughters to go be married to a 40-year-old man. And they're not going to see anything wrong with that. This is a rape culture. This is a pedophilia culture. All right, so we're going to go ahead on and continue because this is very upsetting. This is something that needs to stop. You know, in the name of culture, in the name of religion, in the name of custom or tradition, little children are being raped because that's rape. When a 10-year-old little child is having sex with a 20-year-old man, this is rape. This is molestation. It's totally unacceptable. Continuing. Now, arranged marriages also happen for women... There are over 30, okay? They are given the option to have an arranged marriage, okay? Now, arranged marriages for women over 30, because in a lot of cultures, it is socially unacceptable. It is looked down upon for women over 30 to not be married. Now, some of these women, for whatever reason, they didn't get a mate on their own, Some of them were focusing on their education. Some of them were focusing on their career. Some of them just weren't fortunate or lucky enough to find a man that they like or a man who liked them to even get married. So before they enter the age of 30, some of them agree to participate in arranged marriages. They agree for someone else to select a mate for them. Now let's go ahead on and discuss why people engage in arranged marriages. We already discussed one. Because they're not able to find a mate on their own. They're not able to find a suitable mate. So they decide that they're not going to get married because of love. They're not going to get married because of sexual attraction, because of passion. They're going to get married because they need a partner. Okay? So people enter into arranged marriages because they need a companion or they need a mate. They also enter arranged marriages for political reasons, political alliances. One family marries another family for them to have some type of political alliance or political connection to be able to work together. Custom and tradition in a culture. We just talked about that. Limited choice, few availability options. Some women have no other options. Okay, In a society that is closed, they're not allowed to date. They're not allowed to, you know, enter into sexual relationships before marriage. You know, sometimes they're not able to find someone. So this is the reason why they agree to participate in arranged marriages because their options are very limited. Wealth, economics. Okay. A lot of cultures, especially non-Western cultures, a lot of um, uh, uh, parents are requesting payment to marry their daughter wait right? so they are given money sometimes they call it donaries they give them money to to uh, people don't consider it money they don't consider it a form of payment it's a cultural thing but at the end of the day a person cannot marry your daughter until they pay you and even if that payment is to support the family or the payment is to be able to finance the wedding and whatever is going on at the time, it's still a form of payment. So a family that's poor, they have daughters, you know, they're encouraged to go ahead on and marry their daughters off so they can get money. All right. So it's definitely an incentive. Economic payment, monetary compensation is an incentive to get their daughters married especially, like I said a few minutes ago, in child marriages. That is definitely in- incentive. Inheritance. Some people have participate in arranged marriages because they know they're going to inherit a lot of money or they're going to inherit status. Once they get in that family, they're going to have a lot of fame, a lot of status, a lot of clout. So they're going to enter that family, not because they want to be in love, but because they want to inherit money wealth status now we already know people do that as a religious option you know a lot of people say that my religion give me the permission you know to participate in arranged marriages or encourage me to participate in arranged marriages but a lot of people really you know they claim to be religious but they're hypocrites because they're not really practicing every aspect of their religious belief they select what aspect they want to follow Okay. They make it seem as if, well, my religion dictates that I do this, but your religion may dictate a lot of other things that you're not doing. All right. But this is one of the reasons why people claim that they want to participate in arranged marriages. Now, this is not a judgment call at all. It's simply stating that a lot of people doing this for, for their own personal reasons and they can claim religion to be one of them, but it don't necessarily mean that it is. All right, so let's go ahead on and discuss the negative effects of arranged marriages. Of course, everything, there's a negative and there's a positive. So we're going to just briefly discuss the negatives. Coercing or forcing marriage is wrong, period. It causes psychological distress, stress, and trauma. That's it. Anytime someone is being coerced or forced to do something, they're going against their will. And if they're going against their will, then it's a problem. Some people may say, well, sometimes some things are good and you have to force people to do it. But if it's so good, you ain't got to force people to do it. People should understand the benefits and why it's good for them, and they should be able to choose that for themselves. And if they can't do that, coercing and forcing them, really, it's not really going to be that much of a good. It could be a good on a financial level. It could be a good on a social level, but on a psychological, emotional level, obviously it's not good because this person is going to be unhappy, may be depressed, they may be angry, they may get frustrated, they may be agitated, and they can have all this money, but they can't enjoy it. They can have all this status, they can have all this inheritance or this beautiful family, but they can't really enjoy it because they're suffering internally. They're suffering, they're miserable, they're traumatized, they feel bad. So that is a negative aspect of forcing or coercing someone into an arranged marriage. Okay, another thing is that you're putting them in a position where they have to get along with a total stranger without their consent. All right. And there's a lot of personal challenges that they have to face getting to know another person. And if they're not ready for that psychologically, emotionally, it can really be traumatic. You're force. I mean, the only way that I can describe this is seeing someone for the very first time and you don't like them because you have just picking up negative vibes or there's something about them that makes you uncomfortable or there's something about them that's weird or something that's strange. Can you imagine having to be forced to sleep with this person? Have sex with them? Being forced to be in the same household? Being forced to interact with them when everything about you is just disgusted with this person or you don't like them? Not because they did anything to you personally, but there's no chemistry there. So when you're forcing two strangers together I mean, that, that can be very challenging emotionally and psychologically. That could be very damaging. People have conflicts of interest. People have different personalities, different values, and they're forced to come together. You know, there's a lot of issues that come up with that. And, of course, it could be very traumatic. Child brides, No childhood exposed to domestic violence and rape. So we already discussed in great details children as brides. And I'm not going to repeat all that, but that is definitely the negative aspect of arranged marriages. Any children marriages, of course, are a no-no. It's unacceptable. Now let's talk about the advantages. What advantages can come out? Because we're always going to talk about the pros and the cons, the good and the bad. So we discuss the bad. Let's find out what good can possibly come out of arranged marriage it's not, you know, based on romantic love. It's a commitment to get married for a specific objective. And the objective is to stay married. These people are not entering into a relationship because of love. If they fall in love, they can fall out of love. And this is the problem in Western culture. In Western culture, you have a high percentage of divorce because a lot of people are getting together out of love okay they're getting together out of lust they're getting together out of passion and when that passion runs out that love falls you know they they fall out of love then we have a serious problem okay the global divorce rate for arranged marriages is only four percent there are reported about 20 million arranged marriages globally In the United States, the divorce rate is between 40 to 50%. The majority of these people are getting married out of love, out of lust, out of passion, out of attraction. And when that passion runs out, the marriage fizzles because there's nothing else to keep them together. Okay. I mean, if, if they're attracted to someone because they're beautiful, because they're handsome, because they're sexy, because they're fine. I mean, when that runs out, when that changes, the nature of the relationship is going to change. There's no more attraction. What else is there? Is there a commitment to stay together no matter what? Is there a sense of loyalty that we've been through a lot together? We, you know, we've been there for each other, so we're going to commit To stay together? No. So the advantage of an arranged marriage is that it's not based on love. Now, can people grow to love each other in an arranged marriage? Absolutely. Okay. They make a commitment to the marriage. Okay. No matter what the problems or differences, most couples in arranged marriages are not seeking a divorce or separation. All right. This could be due to avoid shaming the family or economic reasons, all right? All we know is that globally, only 4% of people in arranged marriages are getting divorced. In the United States, again, you got 40, 50%. And in other European countries, you have a higher rate of divorce as well. Now, let's just talk about uh, the Europeans, the Western world. They do practice arranged marriages all the time. You know, we just don't see that. We don't see it. It's something that is hidden. You know what I mean? On the TV, they show you that people get married because they're in love, people get married because they're passionate about each other. But the reality is, a lot of people get married for financial reasons in Western culture. They get married because of inheritance, they're going to inherit, they get married because of status because of uh, economic purposes, because of materialism. So that is definitely an arranged marriage. They're getting together not for love. They're getting together because there is an invested interest. So again, when you think about arranged marriages, we're thinking about Africa, we're thinking about India, we're thinking about you know China and, and uh, different parts of the world. But in the Western world, United States and Europe, you know, people get married all the time. Arranged marriages were very, very common. But you know, it's something that people don't talk about. They want to give the impression that they all t- together because of love. But that's not true. And to be honest with you, the advantage of, of arranged marriage is that you know why you're together. You know exactly why you're together. There's no confusion about that. There's no deception or you know, or misleading intentions you know you're getting together because you want to have children and it's time you're getting together because you know you want to build a business you want to build an empire you want to build social connections so the advantage of an arranged marriage is that you know exactly why you're together for whatever objectives that you have whatever the purpose you know that's an advantage because there's no manipulation there's no need for someone to deceive someone Oh, I love you. I'm going to be with you forever. No, you with me because you want something. What do you want? (laughs) And let the person agree. Okay. We could do that. We both want children. We can get together and have children and raise the children and stay together. Okay. We want to build financial wealth. Yeah. We can get together, be a power couple, and we can definitely build financial wealth. We could build an empire together. So that's the advantage of an arranged marriage that people make a commitment to stay together to achieve their goals. In the process of being together, they can, quote, fall in love or become passionate about each other because love is a choice. You can choose to love somebody. You can choose to be passionate about somebody. Now someone who you have no chemistry with, I mean, you can still choose to be attracted to them. It is a state of mind. It can happen naturally or it can be induced. You know, I mean, after a while, familiarity, you become very familiar with that person. You become very comfortable with that person. And you know, you may grow to care and love for that person. Not that I am advising anybody to go into an arranged marriage, but you have to consider that an option for you if you want to be married and you haven't found a mate and you're looking for a mate to fall in love with. Maybe that's not for you. Maybe you're not gonna find that person that you're gonna, quote, fall in love with. Maybe you can find someone that you can grow to love. There's a difference. Grow to love is something that's a process. You have to get to know somebody in order to grow to love them. Falling in love is loving an idea, a concept of who you think that person is. And as you get to know that person, you find out that person is not who you think they were. And this is why you fall out of love. Okay? Usually that has nothing to do with the person. It's really you. Okay? Because that romantic love blinds you to the fact. It blinds you to the reality of what's going on. So you choose to see whatever you want to see in your mate. You're projecting what you want. Okay? You want someone who's smart? That person, oh yeah, she's smart. Oh yeah, he's smart. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then you find out as you get to know them, that's an illusion. They may be smart in one area, in one aspect, but then they'd be very unintelligent or very naive or ignorant in other areas. All right, so falling in love is something that is basically an illusion. Growing into love is more realistic. All right, they're not getting many. They're not. They're not getting um, many um, divorces. It's not. You know, there's not a lot of people getting divorces when in an arranged marriage. The relationship is not based on emotions. It's not based on lust. It's not based on passion or greed. It's based on practical purposes. All right? Listening to parent and family advice on selecting a mate or having them choose for you is not necessarily a bad thing. Okay? Your parents, your family can actually see certain traits, characteristics, status, personality, or other things that can make a person a suitable mate for you. So an arranged marriage is when you allow someone else to choose for you, someone that you probably would not choose for yourself because you may not be interested in that. You may not see the importance of certain characteristic traits or personality types or educational status. You may not see the importance of that, but somebody else, such as a parent or a friend or another family member could see that, hey, this person would make a good husband for you. This person would make a good wife for you. Why don't you give them a chance? Okay, So, in an arranged marriage, the focus is on staying together, building together, growing together, accomplishing certain goals. It's more practical, all right? So, we just discussed the advantages of being in an arranged marriage, okay? Now, let's talk about the difference between an arranged marriage and a forced marriage. We kind of touched up on some things earlier, but I just want to make sure that people understand the difference between an arranged marriage and a forced marriage. We're not talking about forced marriage as far as children. We're talking about adults, you know? I went in depth with the children forced marriage, which is absolutely wrong. We're talking about an adult arranged marriage and a forced arranged marriage. What's the difference, all right? Violation of human rights, forcing someone to do something against their will exposure to rape and domestic violence if you're telling someone they have to be with somebody and they're having sex with them outside their will they're being coerced pressured or forced into having sex that is called marital rape a lot of people don't understand in some cultures in some countries they may not have laws against a husband raping a wife because for religious purposes or social purposes they think that once a woman is married A husband should have unlimited, unrestricted access to her sexually. I'm going to repeat that. If a woman is married, some cultures and traditions or religions believe that a husband should have unlimited, unrestricted availability to his wife's sexuality, that she cannot say no. She cannot say no to sex. She cannot say no to different types of sex that makes her uncomfortable, that makes her feel dirty or ashamed, that makes her feel used and abused. So a lot of people who are in arranged marriages or a forced arranged marriage, they could be subjected to rape, marital rape. In the United States, there is a such thing as marital rape. A husband can be charged with sexually abusing or raping his wife now in another country maybe there is no such laws okay and they could also be subjected to domestic violence because they don't want to be there and they don't like this person and the other person is trying to force them into doing certain things you know you can see how the power and control dynamics can unfold we can see that okay loss of reproductive rights forced motherhood so if a a woman is forced into a marriage she doesn't want to be there and she's being forced to have sex against her will Obviously, at some point, if she's fertile, she's going to have children. And whether she wants to be pregnant or not, that's, that's not her decision to make. So this is called forced motherhood. And this is a violation of her reproductive rights. A woman cannot be forced and should not be forced to have a child. Okay, this is against her reproductive rights as a human being. Because when you have a child, and I'm not saying for her to abort the child, I'm saying is that for her to prevent herself from getting pregnant in the first place. In an arranged marriage or a forced marriage, some women are not given the option to use birth control, to use protection. They're not given that choice of motherhood or parenthood. Okay, if they're being raped, if they're being forced to have sex, and they're not allowed because of religious reasons or personal reasons, they're not being allowed to use protection, then they get pregnant, they have no choice but to carry that child to term and to give birth. Can you imagine the cycle of psychological trauma? This woman is carrying a child that she doesn't want, who's a product of rape, and her relationship is based on domestic violence. So, you know, again, you see there could be a lot of intergenerational trauma and suffering and pain that happens within a forced marriage, right? You know, consent is not allowed. She's coerced and she's manipulated. She's forced. Maybe she's threatened or she's intimidated. She cannot give, you know, she cannot say no. She cannot deny consent. So really it's not consent at all. She's not giving consent. She's being forced coerced or manipulated and also she's pressured by family or the community all right this is the forced marriage you know the forced marriage the force arranged marriage the woman is being pressured if she's not being pressured by her family she's being pressured by the community because the community expects her to be married to participate in a force arranged marriage so she feels that she cannot get out of it it's a trap And if she tries to get out of it, as we discussed with honor killing, she could be physically attacked. Violence could be used against her. She could be intimidated or she could be killed. Exportation of couples by parents or family to gain from arranged marriages. Now, some families, like I said earlier, with the child marriage, they exploit their children. They give their children away to older men because they're going to gain something, whether they're going to gain money, status, wealth, connection, prestige, they're gaining something. So a lot of family members force marriage on their children because they have something to gain, right? Now, forced marriages, it, 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 it kind of prevents them from growing. It prevents them from achieving personal growth and development. Personal growth in terms of their education, in terms of their career. Some women who are forced into marriage, they're not allowed to continue their education, not allowed to get education in the first place. They're not allowed to have a career. They're not allowed to pursue a profession. A lot of them are stay-at-home moms. They stay home and take care of the children. And there's nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home mom. There's nothing wrong with that, but when you're being forced When you are a prisoner of your own home, when you are a victim of domestic violence, when you're being raped on demand, okay? When you have no rights over your reproduction, I mean, that is a violation of your human rights. All right? So people who are in forced arranged marriages, they're not able to really grow the way they want to. They're stagnant. They're not given the opportunity for personal growth. They're not given the opportunity to practice self-care. And a lot of times they're going to have problems with their self-esteem. They're going to have problems with their self-esteem because they're in a situation that they cannot change, and sometimes that make a person feel powerless, and make a person feel hopeless and helpless, and that is damaging to their self-esteem. And there's no personal satisfaction in their relationship. A lot of these women in arranged marriages of forced arranged marriages, they're not being sexually satisfied because the focus is not on satisfying them the focus is on satisfying the mate they have to please their mate okay they're not compatible so they may not have a partner or a companion that they could share certain things with they they're not having fun they're not enjoying and relaxing and and making the best out their relationship because they're in a relationship where they're not compatible with a person They're in a relationship where they're being forced to do things. So obviously they have a subservient status. It's not a marriage of equals. Okay. Usually women who are forced into marriages, they're not considered to be equal to their husbands. They are put in a subservient position. And because they're put in a subservient position, I mean, there's no equality. So there is no sharing of power. There is no shared decisions. Now, There are some marriages, you know, regular arranged marriages where there are equality in the marriage. But we're not talking about a regular arranged marriage here. We're talking about a forced marriage. There's a difference between a regular arranged marriage and a forced arranged marriage. I just want everybody to be able to distinguish the two. Don't assume that all arranged marriages are forced because they're not. Couples can agree to be together and live together and be happy. And raise healthy children and accomplish great things together. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about forced marriages. All right. Many ancient cultures practice arranged marriages. If marriage is a social contract between a couple, its purpose is for procreation. You're having children. So you're going to rear the children. Companionship, financial security, social stability, family connection political affiliation and inheritance okay so i'm going to repeat that just to make sure that we're on the same page now in ancient cultures they practice arranged marriages all the time and it wasn't a problem because at that time marriage was primarily for having children raising children companionship financial security social stability Family connection, political affiliation, and inheritance. Marriage wasn't about love. Marriage wasn't about attraction, physical attraction, chemistry. It wasn't about compatibility. It had nothing to do with marriage. Okay? That's why in ancient culture, everyone accepted arranged marriages because it was okay. It's like you're getting together, you're being partnered with someone to have children you being partnered with someone to play your part in the community. Everyone is assigned a role and a duty in the community. And everyone has a duty to procreate, to produce children and to raise healthy, strong children. So the community can thrive and be healthy. In those communities, there was no single mothers. In those communities, there was no divorce. Or very, there was no divorce. (laughs) I was going to say low, 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 but Usually, people weren't allowed to divorce. They got together and they stayed together and they died together. In those communities, we didn't have juvenile delinquency. We didn't have teenage pregnancy unless that teenager was married. Okay? We didn't have a lot of the social elements that we have today because the purpose of marriage was to come together, have children, and raise healthy children. And pass values and morals to the children. It was to maintain social stability. It was to provide financial security. So we didn't have the problems that we have today. Now we have to look at it that way. Now this type of relationship is perfect for practical purposes. Again, an arranged marriage is perfect for practical purposes. Of course, after making a commitment and pairing up, There's the possibility for romantic love to grow and develop, but that's not the goal. The objective is partnership based on pragmatic purposes. Okay, now another type of relationship that is categorized is an open marriage. We're talking about open marriages now. An open marriage is the agreement between couples to have a polygamous relationship that involves sexual activity with other people. We're switching up now. We're leaving arranged marriages behind. We're going to talk about, for the few minutes we have left, we're going to talk about open marriages. Okay? Now, yes, marriage implies consent monogamy. Okay? When you think of marriage, you're thinking monogamy. When you think about polygamous marriage, you're thinking about, you know, non-monogamous relationship. But here we're talking about a marriage okay? A monogamous marriage implies monogamy, right? But these individuals, for various reasons, want to be married to one person, but they are open to have sexual affairs with others and they don't consider that to be wrong. They don't consider that to be immoral. These couples have a pragmatic relationship. They are also in an arranged marriage, okay? Open marriages, these couples have a pragmatic relationship. This is Their relationship is not based on love. Or maybe they were in love and they, quote, fell out of love and they didn't want to leave the relationship because they have invested interests. They're together, they have children together, they have business together, they have finances together, they have property, they have homes, and they decide that even though they're no longer attracted to each other or they desire other people, even though they still have sex together, but they desire other people, instead of them getting a divorce... Which may not be realistic and practical. Alright? They decide that they're gonna stay together, but they're gonna have an open marriage. Okay? It's an arrangement. Okay? Now they didn't get together based on an arrangement, but they stay together based on arrangement. Okay? It's an arrangement in the sense that the marriage is not based on love or romance. It's for practical purposes: finances, stability, security, family, children, business, political, or social. Yet, they may not be sexually attracted to each other or have lost interest in sex. Some couples did not get married for chemistry, love, you know, or romance or even lust. But they got together because they wanted to do something. It was some more practical purposes. All right. They're going to stay together. Now, they have the opportunity to accomplish their goals together whatever it is that they arrange to get done now that they've already done that they don't want to be together no more but they're opening their relationship to pursue other friendships and sexual relationships while they still married now some couples have an open marriage by default because one spouse is always cheating and doesn't want to be monogamous So, the other partner just allows them to continue without any objection or interference. Some people who are bisexual choose to stay married to one gender, but want to have affairs with the opposite gender. They have an open marriage, which gives them the permission to continue this lifestyle, okay? So, some people get together and they decide that, hey... I'm going to have a heterosexual relationship because I don't want anybody to know I'm gay. I don't want anybody to know that I'm bisexual. So I'm going to have a regular heterosexual relationship. At the same time, I'm going to indulge in same-sex sexual activity on the side. We call that the download. So obviously you do have both males and females who are on the down low. So because they want that family appearance or they do want children or they do want that family life, but they do at the same time wanna have their little cake on the side and eat it too. So these people choose to have open marriages so they can have the availability of other partners because they don't wanna have sex with one gender or sex. They wanna be going both ways. So this arranged marriage, this open marriage gives them the flexibility for them to do that. And other times, like I said a few minutes ago, some people cheat so often that the partner just accepts it. It's like, you're going to be a cheater for the rest of your life, but I want to be with you. I love you. Or we have children in common. We have property, we have business. So I'm not going to leave you by default. Just keep doing what you're doing. So even though they never said publicly or Articulated out loud that they're going to have an open relationship, but it's just accepted that this man is going to cheat or the opposite. This woman is going to cheat and the other partner just settles and accepts that. All right. So this is the by default thing that's going on. Now, traditional marriage is a closed and monogamous relationship. Open marriage is the opposite. These couples are legally together as husband and wife. They may agree what type of sexuality or sexual behavior that is going to be practiced outside of the marriage. They may agree, or they may not even discuss that. It's just something that just happened. Now let's briefly talk about what do these couples who are in open marriages, okay? What do they allow to happen? I mean, what is the agreement of an open marriage? What is allowed and what isn't allowed, okay? Some of them have strict rules and other couples who practice open relationships or open marriages, they have no rules at all. So let's just briefly discuss some of the rules. Sexual relationship only for gratification. Okay. They may allow their partner to have sex with other people. They may not mind or they do mind, but they can't stop it. So they just accept it. Their rationalization is, well, it's okay. You can have sex with other people only for sexual gratification. Okay. The other one, Other romantic relationships, emotional attachments are not okay. All right. They don't want their partner having other romantic relationships or emotional attachment. It's okay for them to have a one night stand. It's okay for them to have sexual adventures and fulfill their sexual fantasies. All right. But they are not okay with their partner having another romantic relationship. And other couples may not want their partners to get involved in a gay relationship. They don't mind them having sex, you know, with the opposite gender, but they don't want to allow their partners to have relationship with the opposite, with the same gender, right? Now, sometimes they are right with friendship with benefits. This is an open marriage we're talking about. Sometimes they're not going to allow sex without protection, Alright. And sometimes, you know, they may not want their partner to engage in erotic experiences, such as, you know, bondage, sadist, masochism behavior, fetish. You know. So it all depends on the couple. Sometimes they're okay with certain things, and sometimes they're not okay. So there have to be some type of communication between them for them to agree that they're gonna have an open marriage or open relationship, but these these are these are the rules. This is acceptable and this is not acceptable, all right? Now, let's talk about swingers, swinging couples. Now, swinger is when couples agree to engage in recreational sex just for sexual gratification with no emotional attachment or intimacy, all right? They are exchanging partners with one another, you know, or they're exchanging with another couple or they can join a sex club where people participate in group sex or orgies. There's a community out there, okay, that arrange private swingers' activity. They have, they call this sex parties, all right? Now, what is the negative side of having an open marriage? What is the negative side? Increased rate of sexually transmitted diseases. You're opening yourself up to sexually transmitted diseases. Psychologically damaging. Okay, because, you know, it takes a lot of mental work to try to keep up with what's going on. Especially when you open your your doors to have other people into your bedroom. That creates a lot of drama and problems. Pregnancy. If there's a pregnancy and they swing and having sex with everybody, they don't even know who's the father. Emotionally instability. Social insecurity. Some partners feel threatened. They feel intimidated or they feel coerced to go along with this. Broken trust, mistrust, they accept it as normal. You have entanglements and drama with other people. Okay, so being in a open relationship or open marriage, you're participating in, in sexual orgies. I mean, it, you know, again, I mean, that's a whole nother thing. Delusional, believing sex doesn't affect people in any way. That's being delusional. You're thinking sex is a recreation, we're just gonna have fun, but there's consequences to everything. You know these people are able to separate sex from love to them sex is a toy sex is something that they play but we already discussed that in the first uh, uh, segment about being responsible sexually they're more vulnerable to hurt attack or abuse because they're opening themselves up to other people some of these people are sex addicts okay they have a sexual addiction they're obsessed with sex sex becomes a drug used to feel good in order to avoid life's challenges or It becomes a distraction. They get into sexual activities to feel good and forget about their problems, to avoid taking responsibility in other areas of their life. Neglectful. They're not prioritizing their partner. Sometimes they take their partner for granted and they neglect their partners because they're so busy focusing on other people. Of course they're gonna be jealousy, different types of insecurities, and self-doubt. They're gonna have damaged self-esteem. Now they don't have healthy boundaries. Because to them, you know, anything and everything goes. So there's a lot of things. And the most important thing is there is no respect. In those type of relationships, there is no respect. You have to have boundaries. You have to be able to respect one another in relationships. And when you begin to devalue a human being and you begin to objectify them, you know, you reduce them to a thing something that you can use for your own personal pleasure, it becomes a problem. There's a whole range of problems that come with that. People lose respect for one another. They lose respect for the relationship. They lose sight of what's really important, especially when there's children involved. These parents are so busy with their sex addiction. They're so busy being obsessed with sexuality that a lot of them are not growing on a personal or mental level. They're not really becoming the people that they need to be. They're not really practicing good self-care or personal growth. They're not really utilizing good morals and good judgment. Because once you decide to get married and you decide to have a family, there are certain responsibilities that come with that. And just because you want to have fun, you want to explore your sexuality, doesn't mean that you always have to do that. There's something called self-discipline. You have to discipline yourself. Knowing that everything you want may not necessarily be good for you or good for the relationship or good for the family or good for the children involved. So sometimes you have to sacrifice. Sometimes you have to tell yourself no. You have to tell yourself there are boundaries. There are limits. All right. So thank you very much for listening.